Hi, folks, and welcome to the next. Uh, oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> it's only three episodes. It's taken me and I fucked up already. <laughs> another, another. So, I don't know what to say. Now, fuck's sake. <laughs> I think I've lost you. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi folks and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, I am fan-dabby-dozy mate. How are you? It's been a great week so I'm absolutely fantastic as well. What a difference a week makes Derek, that's all I can say. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Couple of good games to talk about, couple of good victories. Performance wise, you know, certainly in the first game, not great, but it certainly was was all us. And again in the second the second game we've got to cover last night, which which was a very good performance. Not the greatest we've ever played, but certainly a very good performance and an outstanding result yeah. as well. So it's been a good week all round, can't argue. It has been, yeah. Absolutely fantastic, Derek. And like I said, this time last week we were uh, we were sitting pretty nervous, weren't we? And then tonight we're, we're, we're really confident and absolutely delighted with the way things have gone and looking forward to covering the two matches. Yes. So, without further ado, we'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So the first game we've got to cover was Saturday the 6th of August. It was a 2-0 win at home against Kilmarnock in the Premiership. So Dave, you kind of covered the, that game, so do you want to take it away again? Yeah, certainly right. Well, the team that was put out for this match by Giovanni was uh, John McLaughlin and goals. Tav, Goldson, Sands back in there, still at centre-half. Yilmaz making his full appearance for the first time. Steve Davis back into the, the team, and we'll, we'll speak about him later on because I thought he was outstanding. Lundstrom, Tillman, Lawrence, Wright and Kolach up front for Rangers. On the bench, we had McGregor, Jack, Matondo, Kamara, Davies, Barisic, Arfield, King and the return of Alfredo Morelos. So, you know, a pretty attacking team there, Derek. And again, switching it about a bit, which is what we were, what we're thinking it was going to be. Still, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not sure because he's, he's put in a, a couple of de- decent performances there, but we spoke about it on the pod last week. Sands being in at centre-half instead of Davies that we brought in. You can only think that Davies still isn't fully match fit. That's the reason that he's not playing and Sands is still in there. There's not really been any anything said about that Derek have you heard anything to say that he's you know he's, he's still just getting up to match fitness because like we said last week we've paid a lot of money for the guy you know and he's, he's been on the bench for the last few games and not actually started no I mean I can only presume that's the case as well I mean yeah. clearly Sands is a, a favoured favoured player by the management team so uh, we'll just need to wait and see yeah. how that how that transpires yeah, well, the game kicked off, Derek, and right from the beginning, Rangers were on the front foot. Classic Derek McInnes-type team sitting back, trying trying to defend, trying to catch us on the break. But Rangers on the third minute with a great chance where Tillman put a fantastic ball through. He sees Scott Wright running from the right-hand side, cutting in. He plays the ball through to him on the right-hand side of the box. 
he runs through, but unfortunately the ball gets kind of caught off his feet. The goalkeeper comes out to narrow it. He tries to get the ball across, but eventually cleared. So, you know, almost a fantastic start for Rangers. And then on the sixth minute, we had another chance. Kolach was put through on the the right-hand side again of the box. He got his angles completely wrong and fires the ball well wide of the goal, but still early chances for us, Derek, and, and shown, you know, in the first six minutes to, you know, twice that we've managed to crack through the Kilmarnock defence. So we were looking pretty good at that point. And then the first sort of real chance of the game on the 16th minute, Scott Wright with a shot from outside the box. It takes a deflection and a good save by the goalkeeper. I thought that one was gone in, Derek. I don't know about you, but it certainly uh, it was a good save by the goalkeeper. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was in, but good keeping, unfortunately. And then there was the first sort of real chance for Kilmarnock not long after that. Really, the, the, their only chance, but still a good, good chance for them because the ball was played in from the right-hand wing and uh, the Kilmarnock defender, he rose up. No one had a marked whatsoever and got a free header in the box, which he put o- over the bar. So a bit of a, a fright for us at that stage, still at nil-nil. But then absolutely fantastic play, especially by Tom Lawrence. The ball gets played into the box. It gets headed out straight back to Lawrence on the edge of the box, Derek. And he, the ball, sort of bounces once and he just hits it. Right down the middle, it comes crashing off the bar. The technique, absolutely fantastic and really unlucky. That could have been, you know, one of the goals of the season if that had went in. Yeah, I mean, clearly straight away from the the brief times we've seen of him so far this season, he's got a peg on him, definitely. He's definitely, I think we said that right at the start when we got him. He's a player in the Championship last season, one of the players that had the most shots on target from outside the box, but really, really unlucky with that one. That was fantastic. Then on the 37th minute, we're still going for it at this stage. Really, Kilmarnock had had that one chance. We're really really trying to break the deadlock before half-time. Tillman collects the ball on the left-hand side of the box. He spots Goldson making a run into the edge of the box. No one on him. He cuts the ball back. Goldson, from where I was sitting, looked as if he had the whole goal to aim for. Hits a shot straight, just past the post, hits the side net, and I thought he had scored. Quite a few other people in the stadium thought he'd scored as well when everybody jumped, but hits the side net, and that was a great chance for, for us, Derek, just you know, just before half-time. Yeah, absolutely. So that was it. There was nothing else happened before half-time. Nil-nil. Although we had a lot of the ball, Derek, we, we had made three or four you know, half-decent chances. Still hadn't really tested the goalkeeper apart from uh, Wright's deflected shot which you had which was quite worrying I think that's what's been the frustrating point up until this season Derek again having all the ball putting in loads of crosses getting all these chances but not getting a lot of shots on target so you know a wee bit uh, a wee bit nervy at half time but I think we all knew just by the amount of possession and chances that we had that we were going to eventually break the deadlock and it was only six minutes into the second half that we managed to get the goal and it was that man who I've had my slight doubts about Derek <laughs> and we'll speak about him in a wee while the, the man that I was dubbing the Croatian Eduardo Herrera hoping that, that wasn't going to be the case he managed to get his first league goal for Rangers and he picked the ball up and saw Tom Lawrence in some space at the edge of the box 
He played a one-two with him. He'd, he'd slipped when he played the ball to Lawrence, managed to get back up quick, smart Lawrence, but played him back through, and he just slid the, the ball past it, past the goalkeeper. An excellent finish, to, to be fair to the guy, Derek, because, as I say, he did fall when he made the first pass, and he got up v- very quickly. So he obviously didn't have a lot of time to think about it, but a very, very good finish for him, and delighted that he gets his first goal for the club in the league anyway. I mean, Dave, when are you going to learn? (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, you're not really the only one and you've got to bear in mind if it wasn't for dodgy refereeing and dodgy linesman last week, he would have scored as well against Livingston with that header. So that should have been two and two and obviously should have been three and three. So Exactly, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm delighted uh, that, that he scored, Derek. It was, you know... Tongue in cheek that I was I was saying that I think just because he's a uh, resemblance slightly to Eduardo Herrera with the black hair and the the the, the goatee beard and stuff like that I was just hoping that he was going to be better but certainly really pleased for him that, that he got the goal and as I say he, he took it really really well slid it past the goalkeeper so that was one nil fifty first minute and then there was a double substitution on the sixty second minute where Barisic and Alfredo Morelos came on for Yilmaz and Kolach and also Matondo, sorry, a triple substitution, Matondo for right. So three on in the 62nd minute, and it's obviously the place erupts. Alfredo Morelos comes on. I really did think that that, you know, really charged the, the fans up, Derek, seeing the return. And I know you, you know how much I think about the guy, Derek. He is our ta- talisman, and he's been out for so long to see him coming back on with his bleach blonde hair as well. It's just, a, it's a huge boost for, for all the fans, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can see the impact he made in the game later, as you'll get into, and yep. you can see him g the fans up as well when they were chanting his name. Absolutely brilliant to see him back. Yep, and he got his, his first chance on the 69th minute where he picked up the ball on the right-hand side. He had some options, Derek, but we knew that he was going to go for, go for it himself. You know, if he gets a sniffy goal just inside the box, the right-hand side hits his shot, but past the post. So, unlucky with that one. Then into the 72nd minute, Alfredo finds the ball inside the box, but again, he has a, a chance, maybe could have pulled the trigger slightly earlier, Derek, but it was a, a fine tackle by the Kilmarnock defender before he got a chance to pull the trigger. Really unlucky with that one and still knocking on the door at that stage. And as I say, still, for, a, for, for him to have been out for so long, you know, that was two chances that he had sniffed out, you know, just w- when he came on. And I think that's the difference with Alfredo Morelos, even if he's half fit. He's still getting these opportunities, Derek. He's still managing to find the ball inside the box, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the things he does. He is yep. one of these type of players. Then on the 75th minute, another sub, Scott Arfield on for Malik Tillman. And then on the 88th minute, what happens? We get the second goal and none other than the main man himself, <laughs> Alfredo Morelos, gets his goal. It was Steve Davis who had a fantastic game, Derek, in midfield. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. The Kilmarnock were, were on the break. He manages to chase the, the, the midfielder, win the ball back. He turns with the ball just inside the, the, the Kilmarnock half, sees Matondo making the run, plays the ball out to Matondo on the right-hand side. He gets to the, the byline, looks up, plays the ball right across the face of the goal. It kind of goes in between one Rangers attacker, a defender, and it just seems to find Alfredo at the back post. And he just scoops it into the back of the net. 
fantastic striker's instinct. The place goes wild. Alfredo's back, scores the second goal. Rangers have got the three points. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was a tap-in at the end of the day, but he has to be in those positions, and that is the, the thing that he does as well. And it all really starts from Davis as well. The tenacity yep. to win the ball back in midfield, and then a great ball to Matondo, and who drives it forward on the right. It was great to see all round. Yep, fantastic. And that's really how the game panned out. Derek, you know, we, we had got the second, the killer goal. Kilmarnock knew they were beat, not that they had done much to us at all in the game, Derek. But again, a special mention to Steve Davis, who basically could come in for the cold. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he pulled all the strings, Derek. I thought he controlled the game from start to finish. He was excellent. Yep, I'm really surprised because I thought he would be more of a bit part player coming on as a sub late on, given his age, given the fact that we've got other options there. It's slightly worrying that if we're having to go to him to really start a game and, and dig out, but if, if we've got him and he's doing it this season, then why not? This is the thing with, with this game, it's a Derek McInnes team. We kind of knew they were going to almost part the bus. I mean, they yep. never parked the bus as much as Livingston did last week, but they still did put 11 behind the ball. They did get forward on occasion, but there was no real impetus for them to get forward. So we knew it was going to be a difficult game. In the first half, we had 80% possession, seven corners, two offsides, only two on target though. Yeah. And yep. we know that teams are going to set up like this, especially when they come to Ibrox. That's up to us to be a wee bit, show a wee bit more guile, a wee bit more endeavour, up the pace and completely break it down before it even really begins because we need to stop these nerves and I think that's part of the problem. We'll see it again as we get into with last night's game as well. That's sometimes on us though as well. We need to be a wee bit more patient because, you know, I think time and time again it's been proven if we show a wee bit of patience, as much as it might not look as if it's coming, it more or less always does at some point, doesn't it? Dare I say it though, Derek, do you think going from the last couple of seasons it's not quite as bad as the really impatient times that we had before? I think just even before the, the, the season that, that we won 55, it was it was really, you know, quite bad. It was, you know, if we had they scored in the first 15 minutes, everybody was on the players' back. I think maybe just because of our European uh, antics o over the last three or four seasons. I think that, you, you know, us as fans have become a bit more patient with the team, knowing, you know, that, you know, there's a game plan there. I think especially with, with Gio being there, because he has had a, a, an excellent record of, if it's not going well, being able to change the pattern of the game, being able to change personnel. So it's maybe, it's, it's maybe getting better, Derek, uh, you know, but as you say, we, we, we need to just learn to be that, just a wee bit more patient. But I do think that things are changing slightly. Slightly, I think. But, you know, as, as Rangers, there's always going to be fans that are, are on the backs of players. I'll, I don't think that'll ever change, unfortunately. But, you know, that's what we do. Exactly. Um, one thing in the game as well, though, Kilmarnock made a number of shocking challenges that went unpunished as well. There was one point in the first half of extremely high boot from the Kilmarnock player. Fortunately, never made contact with the head of our player. A foul was given, but no booking. I mean, certainly it would have been dangerous play if it was VAR. If you go back to the roof challenge on the goalkeeper, yes, he did make contact, but he got red carded for that. So it, it doesn't mean that a foul's only given if there's contact. I don't think that's the rules anymore. So We used to lambast Scottish referees, but going by you know the game in Europe last week and some of the decisions that I'm sure you're going to 
be speaking about for last night's game as well. It's shown you that it's no just Scottish referees that were completely baffled by. But no, there was a lot of a lot of hard tackles in in that game, and a lot of them, as you say, went unpunished. That were definitely fouls, at least if not yellow cards as well. So yeah, there's uh, there's certain things. But again, we're going back to D- Derek McInnes. He done exactly the same when he was at Aberdeen. Didn't he? There was a lot of hammer throwers and that. Uh, teams that, that he had that uh, when they played against us so it looks as if he's carried that on into his Kilmarnock managerial phase as well so uh, yeah I, I agree with you 100% yeah so good victory nonetheless yeah. we'll move on now to last night's game which was Tuesday the 9th of August at home to Union SG in the second leg round three Champions League qualifier trailing 2-0 from the first leg however we came back to win 3-0 yeah. on the night and 3-2 and aggregate so fantastic first time in our European history as well we've ever overturned a 2-0 deficit as well which is which is a mental stat yeah. when you think about and, it yeah, t- totally yeah but I uh, quite incredible Derek or uh, we'll hear what you've got to say ab- ab- about the game now Yeah, so a lot was said in pre-match about the, the potential arrogance of Union as well I don't know if this played into it but they made no changes from the first leg so I don't know if they thought that that was a game done you know we've got enough players that, that can beat them, beat them, they've got to bear in mind that in that first leg for both the first 20 minutes of each half we were the better team, we just couldn't put a ball in on target so but anyway, we made three changes from the first leg and three changes for the Kelly game. We lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Sands, Barisic, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Arfield, Kent, Tillman and Cholak. On the subs bench, we have McGregor, McCrory, Ridvan, Davies, King, Jack, Davis, Kamara, Matondo, Morelos, Wright and Sakala. So obviously, a, I wouldn't say a surprise, but a, a, an interesting one is Kent getting a game because he never played against Kilmarnock. Yeah, I know. I think he possibly, you know, it wasn't, you know, 100% fit against Kilmarnock. They were maybe thinking that, you know, we would rather uh, leave him so that we can get him fully fit for that game. He's obviously still wasn't 100% for the, the Kilmarnock game. So, delighted with that. And also, Derek Barisic playing for the start as well. You know, we yeah. brought in Yilmaz to play at left back, but Barisic being favoured for this game, you know, possibly just because he's the more experienced player, perhaps, and has played in big games like this before, I don't know, but uh, quite surprised to see him in there as well. And, I mean, you, you almost got the Jekyll and Hyde of him last night as well, just good and bad in, in the yep. same game, and too great, whether he meant it or not, I don't know, assists as well. Yep. But anyway, uh, we started off bright in the first five minutes, as we normally do. It was a marked improvement for the first leg, which, as I said in the post-match, wouldn't have really been hard. Really, it was all us. We completely dominated it with 72% possession. However, we had few clear-cut chances. The big question about who was going to be the number one keeper this season really didn't make any difference last night because McLaughlin had absolutely bugger all to do, didn't he? Yep, definitely, Derek. And as you say, the first sort of part of the game I thought we'd, we'd, we, you know, we started off excellently so you know it was a, a, a complete change exactly like what you said the tempo was up big time and you know they were really going for it yeah we were certainly varying our play really the first 20 minutes but then after that we did drop our pace we started going back to largely down the wing and crossing in wasn't as bad as last week but we, we did result back to that our best chance of the half up until the, the end of it came on the 28th minute it was a free kick from the left whipped into the middle Cholak with a header and an outstanding save to tip it over the bar by the keeper so really really unlucky that one there Dave Yep, no, it was. It was 
quite a cl- close range header, but he certainly met it perfectly, Derek. And I would say it was it was more a powerful header than he had to sort of dive. So it was like a reaction save to to put the ball over, but but really really un- unlucky with that one. Yep. Anything Union done, there was a couple of semi-dangerous plays where they fizzled it across the ball, but generally what our defence matched them and we fizzled out any of their attacks as well. I mean, granted, they were 2-0 up. They were doing all they had to do. They didn't need to come out and chase the game. They were play-acting. They were trying to time-waste straight away. I think their keeper got booked very early on for it as well, which is good to see because it certainly doesn't happen in, yeah. in Scotland. We're getting uh, an op- automatic booking for time-wasting. But that's fair play, that's gamesmanship. They were doing what they had to do. It didn't look like we were going to get the breakthrough, but just before halftime on the 44th minute, a hopeful ball floated into the box by Barisic. Their defender completely loses the ball in mid-air, jumps up and the ball strikes his outstretched arm and the referee gave the penalty. There was absolutely no need for VAR whatsoever. (laughs) Definitely not, Derek. His hand was, you know, it's as if he was actually stretching his his arm out to try and touch the ball, which was mental. So it's clear uh, a handball, as, as you'll see, and as you say, Derek, at this stage, a fantastic opportunity for us to go in 1-0 up at half-time, which is what we were desperate to do. Yes, and up steps Tavenier, and he duly done that because he sent the keeper the wrong way, and it completely changed the dynamic of the, that game right there. Definitely, yep. We, we knew the fans were up for it, the players were up for it. They knew, I think, at that stage that, that we could smell blood and we were really go- going to go for it. And that's exactly what, what we did in the second half, wasn't it? Absolutely, because in the second half, we were fantastic, not letting Union have a sniff at all. We did start the first five, ten minutes off fairly sloppy, giving the ball away a number of times very cheaply. However, we cleaned up our act, started to get on top of them, and it paid off as we drew level on aggregate and we went 2-0 up on the night on the 58th minute with none other than Cholak scoring. So that's where I said it should have been 3-3 three and three for, for him. <laughs> It was a long deep ball into the box from the left to the back post to Tavernier. Tav sclaffs his cross, goes behind Cholak, comes to Arfield who controls it and shoots. The keeper makes a pretty decent save, but it was right into the path of Cholak who was still pretty much right on the keeper. He jumps up and heads it in from close range. Just a great instinctive goal there from Cholak and well played to him to actually stay up there after the, the ball went behind him. Yep, Poacher's goal. Derek, you know, he was there, you know, big guy. He, he obviously, you know, was told, you know, stay, stay close to the goalkeeper for anything that could come off like that. That's exactly what he did. The goalie made, made the save, it bounced up, he just had to sort of jump head over the goalkeeper. So, you know, fantastic. 2-0, and I think we all knew at that stage, Derek, everybody that was watching that game knew that we were going to be getting the winner. We, we just knew it. We, we, I, I just knew that it wasn't even going to go to extra time. I just knew that we were going to get the third. Yeah, and we started to up the pace a wee bit more, started to make the keeper work, and Lundstrom had a shot shortly after after the goal as well. We made a substitute on the 64th minute with Arfield coming off and Matondo coming on. The game, round about that time, started to get away from the referee. A lot of tackles going unpunished, and then we thought we were down to 10 men. Sands, who had picked up another fairly early yellow card, but had done well so far. Granted that they never really had a lot to do in, in that respect, but he made a great tackle on the edge of the yep, box. Fantastic tackle, yep. Now, now, I actually thought that, you know, he did get the, the player with his trailing leg, but they got more of the ball 
in a timely fashion than I thought because I watched it back just before we went on the pod there and it was an outstanding tackle. So I don't know what the referee was thinking about. He came over, pointed to the place where the foul happened and flashed a yellow card at Sands. Now, to me, he seemed to forget that he had given Sands a booking already because there wasn't a quick flash of their red card. Granted, a lot of the Rangers players had surrounded them and they were remonstrating with the referee on that one. He was in dialogue with the, the linesman who was very close to the incident. He went over, spoke to him, and then rescinded the whole thing and gave it actually a ball to us, I think. So, yeah, really, mean, really bizarre. When have you ever seen that happen before, Derek? I mean, in fairness to the referee, he's clearly realised he's made a mistake or he's not had a great view of it and he's rescinded his own decision. So that shows a good strength in the character there for the referee to do that. However, what's more concerning is he looked as if he had only given Sands a yellow card. So I'm not sure if it was a case of the linesman overruling him or the linesman's pointed out something and he's realised, oh, maybe it wasn't a bad enough foul to give him a yellow card, we better <laughs> no do it. So I'm really unsure what I happened. was I was baffled, Derek. There's a few there, a, a few times last night that the referee, he flashed the yellow card a few times about and we weren't actually quite sure, including the commentary team, as to who he had actually booked in Rangers TV that, that were covering it. Weren't quite sure who had been booked either. It, it was it was a it was a very bizarre referee, Derek. He wasn't direct, you know, with who he was speaking to, who he was cautioning, what what he was doing. Free kicks going he, here and there. It, it's as if he, he, he was a bit puzzled himself by it. And as you say, they, they usually are, are on the ball with who who's been booked and who hasn't. So it was it was quite bizarre. I can't remember that happening before, especially with, with, with a yellow card that the referee has t- turned around and said, no, that's, you know, I've got I've got that wrong. And it, you say to give us the ball back after it as well was quite in, in, incredible as well. So, uh, you know, I, I can only hope that it was the, the, you know, the assistant referee that actually says to him, no, I got a clear view of that there. There was nothing wrong with the challenge and it was never, that's what I'm hoping it was rather than like what you said, the second part that he had said, oh, well, maybe it, it, it wasn't going to warrant a red card, so I'll take it back. I hope it wasn't that way because that'd be rather unprofessional if that was the case. But regardless, for us, it was a good thing that he didn't get sent off. Yeah, and I thought at that point, get him off straight away because <laughs> the referee's going to try and do something funny this one. Shortly after that, he then booked a, a union player for a foul on us when we were going forward. And, you know, certainly the commentary team were convinced that he'd already had the booking, but yep. it turned out he didn't. That's just a wee, weird way he was flashing the cards. Yeah, he also, staying, yeah. Mm-hmm. He also, in the inst- incident, booked Lawrence first for something. Now, I don't understand what had happened. I think Lawrence was the one that got fouled. And then he had booked Lawrence, he had booked the player, and then I'm not sure what happened because I don't, still don't know why Lawrence got exactly. booked. Was it remonstrating? I, I've no idea. It was just another way that I thought he had, had looked at Lawrence, booked the other player, and and Lawrence never got a booking. So I'm not even sure. Yep. Certainly BBC ah. BBC and uh, Live Score are showing it as yellow card for Lawrence. So I'm, oh, right. God knows what happened there. Okay. However, the game was wrapped up on the 78th minute with Tillman scoring, and what a goal it was. Barisic with another long high ball from the left into the back post. Tillman leapt and then kept on leaping like a salmon well above the keeper and Tillman heads it into the back of the net. Now I know there's a challenge going about that here's the height that Ronaldo jumped up until. I think uh, Tillman beat that last night with that, that leap. We actually, I sat and I watched it with my son Derek and the two of us 
kind of looked at each other in disbelief rather than cheer just for a millisecond because <laughs> the fact that he didn't even get a run-up, the fact that the goalkeeper did get a run-up for a guy who, I'm, I'm not saying he's a, he's a wee guy, Derek, but he's certainly not one of our big you know, players as in height. For the height that that boy jumped up but getting no run-up was quite incredible. And he didn't just jump up. He, the, the, the goalkeeper jumped up with his hands and he still managed to get above that and head it right over the goalkeeper. I mean, it was a disaster for the goalkeeper, but th- that leap is, you know, it was absolutely sensational in the header. You know, when do you ever see, you know, your sort of wee play, you know, wee playmaker be able to jump and head a ball like that? Quite incredible, fantastic goal for him, and the place just erupted. Derek, we, we, we had been expecting it. It was, it, it was, it was great to see the team playing with confidence and really everybody having that belief that we were going to get the third goal and an absolutely fantastic goal at that. Yep, absolutely brilliant. Delighted with that, and that really ended the game. However, we did make a few more subs: Sand and Cholak off, Davis and Morelos on. Morelos had a shot from the edge of the box more or less straight away within the first few minutes had the keeper scramble in and a diving save out for the corner 86 minute Lawrence off and Kamara on 89th minute Union had committed players forward we got the ball one pass to Morelos he went one on one with the keeper oh. just after the halfway line the keeper fair play to him he came charging out his box into midfield Morelos kind of caught in two minds and tries to take it round him but the keeper managed to get a touch anyway and puts out for a shy if Morelos had dinked it it was really going to be either in if it was put well executed or if the keeper tried to save it then he would have been off so yeah. Morelos not acting out instinct there and it was the case of the Kenny Millers Yeah, Devil, I, I don't know because remember with Kenny Miller if, if, if he didn't have that that much uh, a chance that he, he would have got it you know but it was as, as you say if, if he'd had a, just just a, you know in hindsight dink, dink to over he, he would either have got away from him, the goalkeeper would either have saved it and you know been sent off or he would have took Morelos out and possibly got sent off as well so uh, the wrong decision there but thankfully in the end it didn't matter Derek yeah, absolutely. And then we were committing players forward at this point, and I said, I think I sent you a message, just get it to the bloody corner, because yeah. I was having heart palpitations at this point. However, it didn't really matter. They had a quick break, uh, it was stuffed out, and then we they got a foul against us, and then petulantly the player, I think the referee was actually in the middle of trying to book one player, and then their player picked up the ball and bounced the ball right down at the ref in anger. So it almost as if he had stopped doing what he was doing to give that player oh, a yellow card, yeah. gave that player a second yellow card and then sent him off. And weirdly, he was allowed to walk all the way around the park, basically right in front of the Rangers fans, rather than just go straight and make a beeline for the for the, the tunnel. So that's a bit bizarre as well. So yeah. bizarre officiating all around. <laughs> Fortunately, it didn't matter, but absolutely incredible result. And as I said, not a great performance from us in terms of individuals, but as a team performance, it was very impressive because we've shown character. We went out and done the job that we needed to do and we basically restricted them to get any chances to kill the game off. So job done. It was. And again, you're saying that not individuals. I have to say, I thought that uh, that Lawrence had an excellent game, Derek. He had played a sort of slightly different position where he was coming back. He was playing as a more sort of box to box 
midfielder trying to get back and make the tackles. I, th- I thought he was excellent def- defensively as well as going forward last night, Derek. It pre- the, the best game that, that I've seen him play for us and at that le- level as well. You know, superb stuff. But as you say, you know, apart from him, everybody kind of played their part without being, you know, absolutely outstanding. You know, the the, the team effort was was excellent and completely deserved it, Derek. There's not one person in the world that could have watched that game that could, you know, that said that we were lucky in any way. Completely deserved the victory. Absolutely delighted. And we live to fight another day, Derek, which will be next Tuesday. Yeah, well, I mean, you said that people, you know, saying weren't saying that we were lucky. There was a fair few Celtic fans saying that we had bribed the referee. So, <laughs> <laughs> must must oh. be all that money that, that we've made last season, Derek. Oh no, fucking weirdos! But I know. But yes, and also as well, five million pound in the bank now. Unless the rules have changed, I'm not too sure because I've seen some stats. Someday I'm guessing it wasn't a fan of Rangers commented on our, our YouTube channel is that it's only £5 million if we get knocked out of the playoffs. So I've checked the UEFA website and I found a document from last season and apparently that's correct. We don't get £5 million and then group stage money if we qualify for it. It's only if we get knocked out, which has right, okay. not been reported widely. So I'm a bit strange that one, but never mind. But anyway, yes, Dave, we're playing next Tuesday and it's against PSV. So a trip back to Holland for our Dutch manager as well. It's going to be an an interesting game. I mean, it was going to be difficult whatever way we got it, be it Eindhoven or, or Monaco. I think... In terms of Monaco, they've been splashing the cash this summer from what I've read, you know, 12 million, 50 million pounds here and there for players. You know, PSV, though, are not a team to be sniffed at either. No, definitely not, Derek. And their star man this season, a man that we were very familiar with because we were linked with him so much over the last two seasons. And Joey Veerman, who, you know, has been apparently absolutely outstanding for them this season. So that's the man, you know, that we've really got to watch. Pleased that we've got PSV, Derek. I think just the the Dutch connection there. We we, we Geo, you know, we were watching the the Rangers TV put the highlights on of the the last time that, that we played them, and it was Van Bronckhurst that were you, you know was playing against PSV and all, all these players, and we managed to win that game four one. So I really hope that uh, you know history repeats itself, Derek. <laughs> it's uh, but really looking forward to it. I've told you before. I think with the way that we are playing in Europe over the last few seasons I think it's better when we were we are playing the bigger teams I think that we don't get complacent you know because I think that maybe what played a big part in the game last week in Belgium maybe a wee bit complacent because we didn't really know much about the team we were playing at least we know that we're going to be in for a hard game in both legs just a pity that it wasn't away in the first leg, Derek. I would have liked the second leg to have been at Ibrox, but we just need to go into the game next week, go out, try and get the victory and take something over to Holland for the next game. Yeah, so the next game though we've got is on Saturday the 13th of August. That's at home to St Johnston in the Premiership. That's a three o'clock kickoff. I like these three o'clock kickoffs. Exactly, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully if we get um, more Saturday kickoffs yep. like that if we qualify here. As you said, Tuesday the 16th of August at home to PSV. That's in the qual- uh, Champions League qualifiers playoff uh, leg one. That's an eight o'clock kickoff. 
Uh, then we've got Saturday the 20th of August. That's away to Hibs in the Premiership. That's a 12.30 kickoff. And then Wednesday the 24th of August. That is the second leg. That's away to PSV Eindhoven. And the, the, uh, and the time has still to be confirmed, that one there. And we're probably going to lose a few listeners with me saying this as well because I'm going to see Coldplay on the Tuesday. So I had a, a big fear that it was I was going to miss the game for that one. Fair enough, Derek. You've got, you've got your... You know, it's not just football that that you've got an interest in so I'm glad it's worked out for you pretty shit for me because I'm working on the Wednesday and I was hoping it was going to be the Tuesday but there you go you've you've won out of this I've no but never mind no, I, I was just going more on the point, the fact that I, I'm a Coldplay fan. So. All oh, right, OK. <laughs> so, certainly all to play for. All important games, as they always are. So, uh, none more so than the PSV game, though, and we'll, we'll need to wait and see. Interestingly, though, apparently the, the um, Dutch FA have already moved one of PSV's games to give them a wee bit more time yeah. to prepare. So, as what's been said in another podcast is that Rangers shouldn't really need to ask the SFA to move that it should be automatically done you know uh, I know that Motherwell were kind enough to to move one of their games last year I think was it Braga we were playing they, they moved one of their games to give us a wee bit more time to prepare you know it should be a no brainer having two teams in the Champions League you know that's that's never happened before so but we'll need to wait and see what happens yeah I know uh, it's, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest Derek but again this is Scottish football some sometimes I think to myself though, is it is it worth it? We would no rather have you know players getting f- fully match fit and having another game beforehand, you know before they play. I know that uh, there's a chance uh, in, uh, injuries and stuff like that, but sometimes it does it doesn't work out and you'd be as well just playing. So we'll take it as it comes, Derek, and we'll you you, you know we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll wait and see. Just uh, hopefully we come through a clean bill of health on Saturday and, you know, they're well up for the game on Tuesday. Yes. So we'll now go into the news. So as ever, a few bits and pieces we've got to cover here in the news. Jack Simpson has left and has joined Cardiff for an undisclosed fee. So just again, sadly, it never really worked out from there. You know, there's a few players ahead of him in the pecking order. When you've had, I know Goldson had his issues last year especially, but when you've got somebody like Goldson in front of you, you're not going to get a game, are you? No, and I saw Derek, I'm not going to be one of these people that absolutely slates the guy. I've seen on uh, social media people absolutely, you know, cheering and and making a big joke at the fact that we've managed to sell him and stuff like that. You know, it was a guy that that came in, he was very much a bit part player, as you say, our defence, especially with Goldson, was uh, you know p- pretty solid. It was going to be difficult for him to get, and he came in. He, he played a bit here and there. Didn't set the the, the heather on fire uh, for him, and you know he's left. He wants to you know get get a game f- fair enough, and he's managed to get a a decent team at a decent level back back down south. So all the best to the guy. 
Yes. Next one here is Andy Gorham's ashes were buried at Ibrox last Saturday prior to the Kilmarnock game. A private ceremony with family, current and former players and staff. His ashes were scattered in a specifically prepared urn under the turf in the goal mouth of the Copeland end. So uh, really, really sad, obviously still, and but really touching and a great gesture from the club there. I don't think he's the, the only player whose ashes have been uh, buried at Ibrox, but you know he's going to be back home forevermore. Quite incredible, Derek. I thought it was very fitting, you know, for for it to be there as well. You know, that means that he he he'll be there every single game. You know, a, a great gesture for his family as well to know that that's where you know it was his his happiest times when he was playing was was playing for Rangers and goal. And we all know how much the club meant to him, and especially that part of the you know, the state, the the stadium and, uh, you know, as you say, a great tribute and very, very fitting for that. So well done to everybody that managed to get that organised. Yes. Bizarrely, Rangers have ranked 10th best team in Europe when totting up all coefficient points since 1955-56 season. Celtic were in 15th place. So that, as, as you expected, that had the hordes absolutely going mental. The the website that uh, actually collated all the stats uh, actually put a tweet out afterwards saying that, you know, we've had been inundated with some bizarre, uh, you know, things up with Rangers. You know, what do you think about this? And it was all to do with, the club died in 2012 I mean absolute mentalist so it ended up being Real Madrid Barcelona Benfica Bayern Munich Juve Ajax Man United Porto and Dynamo Kiev I mean mental when you think how many times Liverpool have won the European Cup and we're ahead of them but when you think about it up until recently and obviously the years that they won it, they were out of Europe for for a good long time. So there's a lot of teams in there, Derek, that, that you could say in the same boat. I'm quite surprised, but you know, that just shows you. And I think, as I say, especially for us over the last you know three or four seasons, I mean, our European exploits, we we go on about them all the time, but absolutely sensational, Derek, and. Almost going to, you know, the stage of winning a, a major trophy just, you know, a, a couple of months ago, which is still raw to speak about and still can't really talk, talk about <laughs> it. But you know, that's that's quite incredible. And as I say, just the, the the outrage from the other side of the city is just fantastic, Derek. It just it it, it makes it all, all worthwhile, doesn't it? I mean, please have more of these stats because it's great <laughs> when they they get all their their heckles up over all this. Uh. But anyway, next thing here is we have announced a multi-year deal with Matchworn Shirt. Gives fans the chance to own an official Matchworn Shirt from the first team players as well as women's and B team. It appears to be an auction type site. The link was broken when I checked it last night, but uh, I've seen it it was live before and the shirts have previously been sold for £1,000 or more. So, I mean, arguably, it's a priceless you know, thing to own because it's an emotional investment for us rather than just buying it because you want it to be on your wallet. But it's another one of these things that seems to be that if you've got the money, great, then no many people are going to have that kind of money to, to scrap yeah. away in a shirt, are they? No, no, it's, uh, that's true, Derek. And uh, as I say, I, I've, I've not actually looked to see, you know, how it works and what percent, you know, obviously if, if we've got a sponsorship deal with them, you know, I don't know how much 
you know, a percentage goes back into the club or, or whatever. I don't know if that's another, a, a, a bit more of an incentive for, for fans to go out and, and bid for things if they know that, you know, at least a percentage of their money is going back to the club as well, which is is possibly a good thing. But as, as you say, for collectors out, out there, that, that money's no object, then great, but more difficult for people in a low, lower income, isn't it? Yep. So we need to get more listeners to get our more blue pounds in. <laughs> <laughs> Please help us out. I want that on my wall, Dave. Derek, I've, I've been trying and trying for us to get a sponsorship with Pepsi Max, but I'm just not taking me up on the offer. <laughs> they did like your tweet a few weeks ago, though, about they getting did, a sponsorship. Yes, so they did, but we've still not heard anything back from them, Derek, which is pretty shoddy considering the amount of airtime that we've given them in the past, isn't it? Exactly. Next thing here is we have launched a Friday night preview show on RTV for subscribers. It's going to be hosted by Emma Dodds and we will have guests, exclusives and interviews as well. So that's a really good initiative and you know, certainly be tuning in for that one. Yeah, de- definitely a big fans of RTV, Derek, and there's a lot of excellent stuff on there. So just another good, good thing as well for to, to tune into you know, before a big game. So excellent stuff. Yep. On that note, Dave, I really hope RTV stop dicking about with their logins for their for the system because I missed a good part of the the game <laughs> on against Kilmarnock because let's just say we're not sponsored by a VPN company for no reason, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it was something was messing up there, and uh, you couldn't get logged in. So I know I'm not the only one that that was in that yep. situation. So I know it was wasn't it just me, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they need to stop that. They can either Definitely. take my 20, £24 a month or they can't. Anyway, that's rant over. Next thing here is the women's team won their opening game of the season <laughs> against Glasgow women, 14-0. Yes. It was actually, it's, uh, there was a, there's actually quite a good hi- highlights package on uh, the, the BBC, Derek, so I saw the goals. Some absolutely fantastic goals, I have to say. And the way that the women's team are playing, the style that, that they're playing, uh, is is excellent. I mean, I, I was watching the, the the running off the ball that they do when they're attacking is absolutely fantastic. It seems to be that they've got at least three or four options every single time. You know that they're breaking or or they're attacking the runs for, for deep midfield. Absolutely fantastic. You know, they scored some excellent goals and you know what a scoreline for your first gate game of the season, eh? Yeah, and it was right on my doorstep and I bloody missed it. I uh, know, yeah, but as I say, Derek, I was really, really impressed by by watching it. And as I say, the Glasgow women's team were like, you know, the rabbits caught, caught in the headlights at one stage because it was just relentless. But uh, but some some excellent goals that, you you know, they scored and really, really top, top it in entertainment. If I had the chance to go to watch, I definitely would because I was really, really impressed. I am not doing a match review for that day. Fourteen now. I'll be here for half an hour just covering that. Hi, I think I think we'll leave that one. <laughs> Next thing is my Gears has reached forty six thousand subscribers for this season. So absolutely phenomenal. I mean, there's you know just shy of I think one point eight million pounds yeah. roughly. You know, so I, I know a lot's been said about it. I still don't think it should be linked to away tickets. Uh, a lot of people are no happy that things are getting linked in with it, but I think if you've got to take it at its essence, it's not a membership scheme as such. It's 
to get a wee bit of money into the club. If you treat it like that, it's a wee bit of loyalty thing. You get a wee bit of things back. Yes, some of it's tat. You get a wee bit of discount. It's not going to be as good as a Tesco club card, but it's the same <laughs> principle. So, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and the last piece of football news here I've got is St. Johnson fan group Fair City United plan to boycott our game on Saturday due to the high ticket pricing for them uh, due to the cost of living crisis. Now it's £31 for adults, over 65s and 16 and 17 year olds is £24, under 16s is 13 and disabled is 18 So in essence, they actually have a point because the price of tickets in Scotland is absolutely atrocious for what you get. You know, Rangers fans will pay it. You know, that's that's by the by. We shouldn't really need to pay it. But the only way the league and every club makes money in this country is not from TV rights. It's from ticket sales and season tickets. Until something changes on the, the TV fund front, the ticket prices are always going to be yeah. high. What I would like to counter that, though, is how much do Rangers fans get charged when they go there? Now, they might be very fair. I don't know how much it is. But generally, we get charged round about the same when we go to to uh, away grounds, I believe. And then they claim on this same boycott banner that 20 is plenty, yet ticket prices for their home games go up to £25. So I think they start at £21 and they go up to £25. So a bit of a cheek that when their home ticket prices are dearer than what they actually think they should be paying for their away tickets. It is, Derek, and I mean, you, you touched on it there, until, uh, you know, the the league are getting more money in sponsorship deals and, and more money coming through, but that lies solely with the powers that be, and we've spoke about it, I don't know how many times now, about how poor that they have been with our sponsorship deals and, you know, the, the, the money that's been offered and they've they've accepted it. So, as I say, a lot of that blame has to go, you, you know, to the, you know, the powers in Scottish football that are deciding these things. But, you know, Rangers have, have got to do that. We've got a loyal fan base, as you say, that will pay the money, Derek. So, if St. Johnson fans are going to boycott it, they're going to boycott it. You know exactly what you said. We we are all in, in sympathy with with anyone at this moment in time that are paying you know a huge amount of money to go and watch football. But unfortunately, that's just the way it is in Scottish football just now. And you know, with you know, if you want to go and watch your team, you've got to pay for it basically. Yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting that there was a lot of disgruntled fans at the weekend because they were wondering why the Rangers weren't able to broadcast the the Kilmarnock game live to, to UK residents like they had been doing for the last two seasons. And then it had to be pointed out to them, the last two seasons were an anomaly and Sky allowed the rights to be shown to, by clubs uh, for the UK uh, viewers because of the pandemic, because they could, generally couldn't get into, uh, into, the, into the grounds. And it just reverted back to the same rights again, where viewers in the UK couldn't see it. So they you know, had to use the, the whole VPN situation again. So... Uh, it was. It had to be pointed out to fans that it became the norm for a couple of years, where fans had been, you know, able to do it. As I pointed out, though, the model is, and it's been. Dave, me and you have spoke about it time oh, and time again. It's yep. I pay twenty four quid a month for for RTV. Quite happily pay that because it goes into my own club. They get all the money for that. I get to see every single game, obviously bar the European games, although they did have the last couple there. Whereas if I pay for Sky, I pay £30 a month for a, you know, a handful of my club's games and only a tiny, tiny amount, I think it's only a couple of million pounds a year, go towards my club. Yeah, 
What's yep, the point? Exactly, what is the point? Yeah. Anyway, the last piece of news I've got here is that Real Madrid tonight beat Frankfurt 2-0 in the UEFA Super Cup. So apparently as well, I've only seen one tweet of this, is Kevin Trapp had a wee bit of a blunder for their second goal as well. So as it was pointed out, how could they not done that against us in the final? Exactly. Like I said, Derek, it's still a sore point for me. I can't, I'm still absolutely devastated for that cup final and really that could have been us playing in the, the Super Cup tonight. Imagine being able to cover that game, yeah, you know, the Super Cup Real Madrid versus Rangers. That would have been some occasion. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be and I'm tearing up here, Derek, just thinking about it. So swiftly move on. Well, we just need to tell Frankfurt at least one of us can beat Real Madrid. Eh? That's true, yeah. <laughs> so, 60-person brawl on cruise ships sparked by threesome. <laughs> a huge 60-person brawl aboard a cruise ship was sparked by allegations of a threesome, according to an eyewitness who had seen the drama unfurl. The Carnival Magic cruise ship was headed <laughs> to New York City on Tuesday. The t- Stop now. What did you say? The, the cruise liner? The Carnival Magic cruise ship. Derek, I have been on that cruise ship. <laughs> I am not joking. Dave, where were you on the 28th of June? <laughs> not this year, thankfully. But in 2017, I done a, a cruise of around Mexico and the Mexican islands. It was supposed to be the the Caribbean, but because of the hurricanes and stuff like that, it had, had to be changed and be done. And it was a Carnival Magic cruise line that we were on. So there you go. That's in, quite incredible. So sorry, continue with your story. You've, you've completely flabbergasted me here. Dave's just burst to being on a swingers holiday. <laughs> wait till I tell my missus and my friends <laughs> we're on holiday. Wait, right, you go. Theresa James, a travel agent, told Fox News that the fight started just before 2am on the ship's fifth floor where the onboard dance club and casino are. She said it lasted about an hour and involved an estimated 60 people, although an altercation wasn't physical for the whole duration. According to James, who claims she witnessed the fight from her door, an alleged threesome between passengers had upset their significant others when they learned about the intimate gathering. James said the scraps of beer bottles smashed and the other women said they'd been cut amid the chaos. However, she praised Carnival and the cruise's security team for stepping in to bring things under control, <laughs> saying that the situation may have been worse had it not been for security, de- describing the guests involved as being ignorant fools acting stupid. Derek, I am I'm completely lost for once, the fact that I have been on that cruise liner. That's incredible. And as, as soon as you said the casino going into the, 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 the nightclub, I, you know, I, I can see it right in front of me. Thankfully, though, I wasn't involved in anything like that because, as you know, I'm a married man and, you know, things, th- things like that stop when, you know, when you become married. But yeah, that's by the by. But quite incredible that I have been on that. You're going to have to send me the link because I need to send this out to, you know, let my wife see and all her friends that we were on the cruise with at the time. That's quite incredible. don't know what to say now. <laughs> There's nothing much to, to say, mate. I have been on the cruise ship that you've just described as having a threesome which turned into a brawl with 60 people. There you go. And it was nothing to do with anybody from Scotland. Well, don't think it was anyway. I'm just going to question whether I should ever go out with Dave and his wife, you know. <laughs> Especially if we invite you on a cruise, Derek. 
<laughs> on that bizarre note, we will yes. end the podcast. So delighted with the the results, performances wise, could be you know certainly I'm not going to argue with them. We got the results in the end, which is the main thing. Big games to come as ever, but Dave, I'm um, I'm happy nonetheless. Yeah, definitely, Derek. And as you say, for us to get those two excellent results, we're still got a chance to go, you know, to play in the Champions League and we're not playing that well, you know, is is quite encouraging because we all know that we, you know, players individually can play better. But to, to be fair, as a team, as, as, as a unit, it's been excellent. So here's hoping that we can step it up even more in the weeks to come and get the vital victories against PSV and keep going in the league as well. So, uh, no, it's looking promising, Derek. And like I said, what a difference a week makes, eh? What a difference a week makes. 24 little hours. That's a day, mate, but never mind. The sun and the flowers. (laughs) On that note. Goodbye. See you, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, brace yourself.